Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. Back in episode 8, I introduced you all to Delaney and Brandon, my summer interns. We sat around a box of donuts and talked about their experience and what they hoped to do as personal trainers. In this episode, we catch up with the two of them now that they've been training for me for a couple of months. I also answer some questions along with them that I've received recently and go into various aspects of health and fitness that we feel might be overrated or underrated. All of this with the help of some glazed donuts from Maple Donuts in York, Pennsylvania, because health and fitness is all about balance. So here we go. Donuts with Interns, Volume 2, The Catch-Up. All right, so we're here with Delaney. Brandon's going to be joining us in a little bit. You all were in our first episode of Donuts with Interns. So I entitled this one, Donuts with Interns, Volume 2, The Catch-Up, so that we can catch up with you all and what you're doing with your training. So Delaney, why don't you start out with letting us know what you've been doing with your personal training life since the last time everyone got to meet you on the first podcast. Um, well, I have two clients, but a third one coming. Cool. Um, I have my first training session with him with him on Monday. Um, it's been good. My two clients are strength-oriented goals, which okay. work out really well for me because that's like, I'm not so good with the cardio stuff, but I'm good <laughs> with the there. strength stuff. Yeah. So it's good to have people that have that um, that have that goal because I can personally relate to them and I can kind of mirror their programming based off my programming a little bit, okay. just in terms of um, sets and reps and everything. I can kind of look at mine and see what phase I'm in and kind of see where they are and then compare that to where I was in certain phases and everything. Got it. Yeah. So it's been working out pretty well. Um, I really like them. They're both really nice. Okay. Um, and they seem to like working with me, so yeah. it's good. <laughs> Have you learned to use pounds instead of kilos yet? <laughs> No. <laughs> I actually had my client right before I did this. She asked me, she was like, how much weight is this? And I like froze and I was like, oh my God. And like I had it in my, like I had it on the paper, but I wanted to make sure that I was right because I adjusted it a little bit just to match how she was feeling. Yeah. So it wasn't exactly what I had okay. on the paper. So I was like looking at the bar and I was like counting, but I was trying to make sure that she didn't see that I was counting. And I was like, uh, 65. Sweat, sweat pouring down <laughs> yeah, your literally face. started like dying on the inside, but it was fine. Chris Powell watching. I was me just about to bring that up. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, Delaney trained one of my clients while I was out, and doing the the kilos to pounds conversion in your head didn't quite work out. So no. you used a calculator. Yeah. And, I had to whip out the calculator. Yeah. And Which now it isn't. I mean, for and Chris even said that like it was you know he laughed because it wasn't something he was used to because <laughs> you know we deal in pounds in those gyms, <laughs> but. I mean, that's something that, you know, personal trainers carry clipboards. It's okay to have your phone as a calculator because mm -hmm. we can use our phones as, like, a stopwatch and a calculator and stuff like that. Yeah. So barbell math is something that you just get used to the more you do it. Yeah. So we talked about, like, visualizing the plates, mm -hmm. the size of the plates. Yeah. A lot of us just count yeah. it that way. But, yeah, it isn't, like, it takes time. But yeah. that's the kind of stuff that's just, like, the more you train, the better you get at it. But that's mm -hmm. not the important part. Like the important no. <laughs> part is like the programming, the sets, the reps, the rest, the yeah. motivating the client. Yeah. So how do you feel like you're connecting with your clients when it comes to teaching them movements? Have, has that been easier or harder than you thought it would be? Um, easier than I thought, uh, definitely. I thought it was gonna be pretty hard to kind of show someone this is the correct way to do something. Cause I know lots of times it doesn't, we're so used to having it translate easy because all yeah. of us do it all the time. Um, but when you're dealing with like, the general population, it typically doesn't. But I've been really lucky because the two I've had so far, they've pretty much 
really like transferred over okay. with the form and technique and everything. It's come pretty easy to them, which is nice. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that's um, good. I do have one client uh, that actually likes to do extra reps. It's really funny. Oh, she's, wow. I'll always tell her, oh, you can stop there. And she's like, oh, no, no, one more, one more. Oh, so wow. So that's like Jeez, pretty cool. That's good. She always <laughs> does like extra credit. So it's kind yeah. of fun to like joke around with her and be like, wow, extra credit, getting extra yeah. reps. Um, but yeah, for the most part, teaching it has been pretty easy. I've kind okay. of come up with like some cues okay. in my head to help them remember it. Yeah. And ones that I've kind of repeated throughout different clients to make it easier on myself. Yeah, so, no, that's good. Yeah. I mean, if you find a cue that works, you can use it for mm -hmm. different people. Yeah. Sometimes you have to have, find certain cues that work for some people that might not work for somebody else. Yeah. What yeah. about the conversation skills? Like that was something that some clients, it's they're just not as talkative as other yeah. clients are very talkative, but you might not have a ton in common with them, so you have to learn to match their talking by just <laughs> trying to find something in common with them. So have you run into anything yet where it's a little bit awkward, some silences? Um, yeah, because both of mine are two complete opposites. Okay. My hour-long client um, is really quiet. Um, I actually got her to open up to me more today. Um, okay. She's very, very, very quiet, so I've been doing like almost like 90% of the conversation, okay. um, whereas my other one has been like really eager to like talk in between and like in between yeah. um, sets and everything and like ask me questions. So okay. she was like, oh, how's school? What are you doing? What are you studying? Yeah. Whereas my other client, I was asking her, cause she's traveling to Kansas this week. So I was like, oh, um, what are you going to do in Kansas? Like, what do you have planned? What part are you going to be staying in? Stuff like that. Okay. So um, for the most part, it's been a little bit easier, but I have to adjust between different people because they're complete opposites. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> But that's good though. I mean, because it, it's hard to have a one-sided conversation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like when I podcast, yeah. I have a one-sided <laughs> conversation for like half an hour. But whenever you're talking to somebody, especially when you're doing strength training, you have to fill that time for like the three to four minutes of rest. Yeah. Like some of her rest periods are probably three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you've got to fill that time. She doesn't like taking a lot of rest. Okay. So it's always like, she always like really, is really eager to get back into it, which is like really good. Yeah. But it's always like, oh no, no, like you can actually rest. You have like to it's rest. good. Yeah. Um, and it was actually funny because the first day I trained the woman that was more quiet, it was super awkward. That was my first training session ever too. Okay. Um, because <laughs> I was just like, oh, like, I was like kind of going through like the par queue, even though Ian already gave me all of her information and stuff. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, But so I wanted to go through it anyways. Yeah. And I was like, oh, uh, what do you do for a living? And she just kind of like answered me. And then I was asking her, I was like, literally had to think of something off the top of my head. So I was like, I looked at your form and I noticed your email is a, uh, well, I'm not gonna say what the yeah. email is, but yeah. it has cats in it. And okay. I was like, do you like cats? And she was like, oh no. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, if you don't mind me asking, why is that in your email? And she was, her alma mater, mascot is a wild cat oh, okay. and I was like oh so now I've used that in the future I always ask her about there you college. go yeah no she's telling it sounds like you're doing really well with it because it's I mean you have to you end up having totally different conversations with different clients yeah, yeah and obviously like when you ask me like hey what do I talk to Chris about I said well you can't talk about any of this stuff that Chris and I talk about no, so you have totally different clients so Chris and I have a very relaxed feel to our sessions whereas like when I'm working with my older clients and then mm -hmm. We're talking about their grandkids and they're asking me about my son and we're comparing things mm -hmm. and talking about just totally different things so mm -hmm. the fact that you're able to get that early on is going to be a lot easier because there's some trainers who have all the knowledge in the world when it comes to programming and you know leading a session but when mm -hmm. it comes to conversing with somebody they have so much trouble and it yeah. ends up being very difficult and their <laughs> yeah. clients don't enjoy it because the people have to enjoy their time with you yeah that's true speaking of time you have to head out right i do i have five minutes oh yeah five minutes okay <laughs> cool so um we're gonna get back into uh 
when Brandon gets in, we'll go through his uh, catch-up portion of what he's been doing. But um, these are the questions that I picked out that I wanted that I had gotten earlier throughout this week that I thought you would be good with answering. So we'll both take these in the next okay. five minutes here. We'll go through quickly. Someone asked, can I superset, so I mean doing one lift after the other, can I superset heavy deadlifts with heavy squats? I personally would say yes. You would say yes, why yes. is that? Um, well, I'll say yes with like a little star. Okay, let, and um, let me first say, this is a person who's trying to gain strength on both. Okay, so I would say depending on the rep range, if you were doing really heavy squats and really heavy deadlifts, like if you were doing it to the point where it was a max, then I would yeah. say no. Because yes. you want to be able to accurately get your max for each one, so you yeah. wouldn't superset it. But if you were just doing like five by fives at like 80%, which is still pretty heavy yeah. for a five by five, then I would say yes. So it depends. Depends but, on the situation. Yeah. yeah. So in his situation, since he's trying to, you know, squat heavy and get his deadlift up, mm -hmm. and he thought maybe putting those two together would cut down some time, it might cut down on time, mm -hmm. but. So what muscles make up your posterior chain? Just the big ones. Hamstrings, glutes. And um, low back. And then low back. Okay, so those are primarily used as the movers on a deadlift. Mm -hmm. What is the role of the posterior chain when it comes to squatting? Um, mostly for power. Well, well, yeah, yeah, or, hip extension and yeah, stability. Yeah. yeah, exactly, so powering you through the squat. So if you're gonna fatigue them on a deadlift and then you try to get them on a squat, mm -hmm. my problem with doing a heavy deadlift and a heavy squat mm -hmm. is that unless you, like you said, unless you're doing percentage work, yeah. you put yourself at risk for injury because you totally fatigue your stabilizers by mm -hmm. using them as movers on the deadlift, mm -hmm. and then you go to use them on the squat and they're supposed to stabilize you, but they can't. So then you end up making compensations because you just don't have it yeah. there. Yeah. But but yeah, so if, you, if it was lighter and mm -hmm. you wanted to cut down or doing a circuit, but yeah. just for pure strength, just yeah. rest, yeah. chill or out. Or you could just do like deadlifts and then rest and then do all your squats. Yeah. Or, or, or actually yeah. reverse that. Reverse order. squats Squat and then first deadlifts. deadlifts. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Because I normally do squats before deadlifts. So. You do? Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because if you're doing an Olympic lifting session, you're going to have to do squatting and pulling. Yeah. But you all never superset anything anyway. No. <laughs> but that's because supersets are great for time management, but they're not yeah. great for strength development. Yeah, yeah. Um, we use them a lot in straight shot just because the average person wants to gain some strength, but mm -hmm. also some build some work capacity yeah. and build some endurance and maybe some hypertrophy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So all around supersets are good, but if you really want to get strong, yeah. you need to do some straight sets, which is yeah. why we do some straight sets as well. All right, so the next question. Why do we as coaches typically advocate squatting with the toes forward? And when is it okay with a squat to squat with the toes out? So well, the reason you mostly want to have your toes forward is because if you rely on having your feet pointed out, that can create some imbalances. And also if your knee isn't driving over your toe, so it's like not going in a straight line, yep. in line with your toe, then that, well, A, isn't good for your joints in general, but B, yeah. it will create a lot of tightness in the wrong areas, which will in turn affect your walk and your posture. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, why that's we do toes forward. Um, you can do toes out a little bit if you're going for like most of the time Olympic lifters exactly. do squats. Exactly, I was gonna say, that's why I made this one for you. <laughs> feet out, um, I actually don't turn my feet out that much just because yeah, really I try don't. not to because yeah. of the personal training thing and people at my gym are always like, why don't you just turn your feet out? And I'm like, ah, because I have two separate things. Yeah. Um, yes. So I turn them out a little bit, um, but I always make sure that if I do, my knee isn't keeping Still tracking in. over your yes. toe. Yeah. yeah. So this is a thing where it's a difference between a sport specific activity 
and a general health activity. Mm -hmm. So for you, you obviously want to be a healthy person. You mm -hmm. want to be able to, you should be able to squat with your toes straight forward, mm -hmm. body weight. But mm -hmm. if you're doing something sport specific like for you, like a snatch mm -hmm. or a clean, turning your toes out is going to help you keep a more upright torso. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we can get more into in the explanation of that another time, maybe an entire episode just <laughs> on, on squat form. But turning your toes out allows you to keep a more upright torso. Mm -hmm. That's the, the, the quick answer there. You need to keep an upright torso when you're Olympic lifting. So I would say it's okay to turn your toes out, but I would say if you're standing on a clock, like Flavor Flav's clock, just turn your toes out to 11 and 1. I'll let Brandon in here. So you turn your toes out to 11 and one, that's gonna help you keep an upright torso, mm -hmm. but also your knee's gonna stay over the top of your foot. Yeah. Any other time when you're squatting, if you can, try to learn how to squat with an upright torso with your toes straight forward. Yep. Cool, that was a good answer, Delaney. Thank you. Awesome, you're becoming quite a good trainer. Oh, yay. Awesome, all right, we'll grab a donut and then head off to train. Okay. You gotta leave, right? Yes, Okay. Cool. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. See ya. Oh, bye, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Please leave that in the podcast. I'll leave it in. <laughs> All right, we'll get right into our talk with Brandon, catching up with what he's been doing right after a word from one of our podcasting friends. Hello, I'm Pavo, and I have a new podcast called The Foot of the Mountain. I am on a quest to lose a hundred pounds in a hundred weeks in a hundred episodes. Each episode I chat about my week and about the ups and downs of trying to lose weight as well as chatting to guests about their particular journeys on their particular mountains. You can find The Foot of the Mountain on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and Mixcloud or you can just go to www.footmountainpod.com So why not come and join me on my journey at The Foot of the Mountain? I had the pleasure of being interviewed on the Foot of the Mountain podcast last week and really enjoyed getting to know Pavo and I just wish him all the best on his fitness journey. I think it's incredible what he's doing and I think his podcast is going to inspire a lot of people. So if you'd like to check out the episode I was on, the episode is week 15 in his series. Check it out. All right, so Brandon's joined us. Uh, Brandon was the other intern in Donuts with Interns Volume 1. So I was telling Delaney earlier, this is Donuts with Interns Volume 2, the catch-up. So we're trying to catch up with what you've been doing now that you've been training now for a couple months. So uh, what are you doing now? How many clients do you have? What I only have two right now. Okay, so that's what she, Delaney has two mm -hmm. right now. So how's that going? It's good. Um, my first one that we do, 6.30 in the morning. He's a little 12-year-old kid. Um, oh, I didn't realize you were doing it at 6.30. Yeah, Jeez. two days a week. So I feel bad for him because he's 6.30 in the morning, and then he goes to school all day, and then he has football practice or wrestling practice wow. right after. Wow, yeah. jeez. That's a lot for him. Okay. And then my other client is, he's 6'4", like 250, like, he's a big boy. Yeah. Like, compared to me, like, when I'm standing next to him, he's a little but, midget. But, I know, whenever I, walk, whenever I walk past you training him, and I see the two of us and him in the mirror, I'm like, oh see? my gosh, what are we doing with our lives? We're like, five, six? Yep. Jeez. <laughs> And then uh, you've taught a couple classes for me, right? Or one yeah, class? so I've done yeah, ultimate conditioning and then kettlebells. And kettlebells, just cool. one time, yeah. Yeah. So what do you see yourself, you know, as you get doing this more? Do you want to do more, pick up more classes? 
Um, I would love to take – like, my goal right now is I want to take um, UC and Kettlebells. Like, okay. I want those classes to be mine. To be yours, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would you're love just, to you're, do you're it. You're coming swoop and steal all my classes. I would love to take those. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's yeah. a good goal to have. But then, I mean, I still want to build up my, like, clientele and stuff. Like, that's yeah. the main role right now. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Cool. So um, we'll get into the questions that we had. Uh, some people ask me. Um, Delaney and I covered a couple of ones before. We're going to get into some now that I think that um, I picked these. I figured you you do well with these. Okay. Um, so the first one was, how do you become a personal trainer? Um, the way I did it was that I went to uh, FCC yep. and took classes there. And then I took my NASM test um, at the Frederick Airport. But there's like many, many ways that you ways do. of doing. It. Yeah, yeah. So you did a community college prep yeah. course that you also got a, a certificate from, mm-hmm. and uh, then you sat for the test yep. and then became a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, other ways of doing it: certain certifications, higher certifications, you may yeah. need to have a bachelor's for, like the NS uh, NSCA uh, mm-hmm. has their CSCS. You have to have a bachelor's degree to sit for that. So certain mm-hmm. degrees or certain. Uh, certifications you would have to have a bachelor's for, but for, for the most part, most of the certs, you just order the study materials, say, yeah. study for it. You don't even need to take a class, but I think the way you did it was nice because you were able to have the prerequisite classes mm-hmm. that taught you the anatomy and exercise prescription and stuff like yeah. that. So by the time you went to go sit for the test, it really wasn't like hard, super, really. super hard. Cause the, I mean, it makes it like easier in like my point of view, like being in the classroom with other kids. So you can kind of be like, Hey, I don't understand this. You do, so it's just kind of, yeah. and then you kind of go along with pace with other kids. Okay, so it's so a little bit. E- it was easier for me because if I was doing it, like it would just be, no one's telling me like, hey, you have to do this, this, and this. I yeah. just would have been like, eh, I'm good. Yeah, so uh, that's how you become a personal trainer. Um, I I have a degree. That's the way I did it. Um, but I got my personal training certification while I was in the middle of my degree. So I was actually personal training while I was taking my classes to finish out my degree. And it was just just a different way of doing it. Once you get it, get your initial certification, though, I'd say the best thing to do is keep learning and keep getting other certifications. So I'm yeah. sure that there's other certifications out there that mm-hmm. you'll probably eventually get. But so, in like your opinion, would that does that degree help you more, or does the certification certifications help you more? Uh, kind of both. That's the, a, the cert helps me just because you have to have a personal yeah. training cert to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I told somebody the greatest thing that I got out of my degree was the people that I met during it. Okay. So that's the thing about college. At college and yeah. internships, it's all about who you know. Yeah, like, that's true. I mean, you got a job because you did an internship. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just, and it's because, you know, you knew people here and we yeah. knew you. It's, just, it's all about who you know. So yeah. college is, is a good way to get to know some people. The knowledge that you get there is, is great, but the majority of the stuff that I learned in college is now out of date. <laughs> yeah. Because it was out of date when I was in there, and <laughs> I've been out of college for, for almost eight years. So, yeah. But, yeah, I, I would say, you know, it's if, if you want to get your CSCS, yeah. go to college. Yeah. Otherwise, if you just want to train um, yeah. and you're not, you know, a teenager, you don't need to yeah. go back to college just to do it. Just, yeah. just start training and get, get some higher certs along with it. Okay. If, oh, here's a good one. Why can't I do a pull-up? This isn't me personally. This I was is people, like, <laughs> people ask, like, um, well, I can do push-ups. I can bench press this much. Yeah. Why can't I do a pull-up? What makes pull-ups so hard? Um, I just don't. I just don't think you have enough upper body strength, and a lot of like, I would probably say like your scapula is not strong enough to even. It could be, yeah, but even think more like even simpler terms. How what percentage of your body weight are you pulling on a pull up? Hundred percent. Yeah, like all your body weight. <laughs> so if somebody says, "Well, I have a bench press of I can bench press 115 pounds," yeah, but they weigh 185. Yeah. Well, you're trying to pull up 185. 
So you can push 115 away from yeah. you, but pulling is harder than pushing. Oh my gosh, right? yeah, 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 of course. So um, it's already harder to pull than it is to push. Mm -hmm. And then add on top of that, the fact that the sheer weight you're trying to pull is just heavier. Yeah. That's, that's probably why mm -hmm. you don't have a pull up. But yeah, so you mentioned scapular strength. So yeah. what's an exercise I can do to develop scapular strength um, to pull up? I've done them um, just scapula up, so they just hold on to the bar. Yeah. And then all you're doing is pulling, like lowering your sh your shoulders, right? Shrugging down. Shrugging down, yeah. Yep. Yep. And then you're just holding it and then back down. So it's like an inch or two, like pulling up. Yeah. That's so think it. like a pull up, but your arms aren't yep. moving. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And then I saw, I see you do these all the time on your Instagram story, your mm -hmm. negative pull ups. Yeah. You're going down slow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is where, so Brandon starts at the top of a pull up or a chin up with the chin over the bar and then just lowers himself really, really slow. So even if you can't get your, your own pull up just by yourself, if you can jump up to the top or step up to the top and lower yourself as slow as you can, mm -hmm. that'll help you build the strength to get that, that first pull up. And even once you, I mean, cause you can do pull ups, but yeah. you still do them because mm -hmm. it's just. Well, I just want to get stronger at them and I want to do like as much as I can in one sitting. So I yeah. feel like just doing different like um, negatives, like you said, or d different tempos, like is hopefully going to make me stronger at that. Um, certain exercise. Yeah, no, definitely. Cool. All right. We're going to go through a rapid fire here. We're going to go oh, through, it, it, I'm going to say a word and we're both going to say, each of us going to get to weigh in on this. Is it underrated or overrated okay. or is it understood or misunderstood? It can be one of those four things. Under, over, misunderstood. Underrated, overrated, understood or misunderstood. Oh, okay. All right. So I wish Delaney was here for this because she <laughs> would go off on this first one. Olympic lifting. This is for general population, not Olympic lifting people in the sport. This okay. is some people who think that like everybody should clean and everybody should snatch a barbell. Okay. So is that um, an overrated idea, underrated idea? I think it's underrated. You think everybody should Olympic I lift? Th I think they should, yeah. Okay. And not to like the like excessive amounts of weight. Yeah. But I think everyone should be able to put their body in those performance lifts. In those positions. In those positions, yeah. yes. So here's where I, I would argue that it's overrated okay. because I can get someone in those same positions. So we're talking about a squat shape, we're talking about a front rack position, okay. we're talking about an overhead position um, or an overhead squat. Mm -hmm. Those positions you can accomplish with a kettlebell or a PVC okay. pipe for overhead squats. Because yeah. overhead squats for the majority of people are extremely challenging mm -hmm. and for a lot of people, it's not necessary. I mean, mm -hmm. that's it's a functional movement because it's a squatting pattern and it yeah. develops functional capacity, but typically you're never gonna squat with something over your head. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's not no. that often. So yeah, I would argue this is like, I do see what you're saying though, is get people in those shapes mm -hmm. where it's not so much about the weight, but can you transfer weight from the ground to your shoulders? That's mm -hmm. an important thing to do. Yeah. But like I would say you could clean a medicine ball or you could clean a sandbag or you mm -hmm. could clean a kettlebell. Not just but, a barbell. Yeah. So I think a lot of people get hung up on the barbell. I think the important mm -hmm. thing is people should know how to generate power from the hips, get objects from the ground to their shoulders and from shoulders to overhead. Mm -hmm. And snatching is teaching you how to get something from your hips to over your mm -hmm. head. All right, overrated, underrated, understood or misunderstood, mm -hmm. sleep. Sleep? Yeah. Underrated. Way underrated. People Way think underrated. that you can do, people, everyone's so much into all oh, the grind, you gotta work, 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 mm -hmm. and people do not no. give sleep the, the, uh, the, the props it needs, especially <laughs> if you're an athlete. I think no. if, if you were working out five days a week, you should be sleeping at least eight hours a night. How many are you getting right now? Probably six to seven. Oh man, you gotta, you gotta pump those numbers up. Those, yeah. are, rookie, those are rookie numbers. <laughs> all right, <laughs> kettlebells. Overrated, underrated? Underrated. You think they're underrated? I think they're underrated, yeah. I, to me, it depends on who's working with them. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people I hear, 
a lot of people haven't used them. Yeah. And so we start using them. You go some other places and people are doing the weirdest stuff with kettlebells. Because mm-hmm. like, oh, well, it's a great, it's a great, you know, whatever full body core exercise. <laughs> yeah. Like we, yeah, but that doesn't <laughs> accomplish anything. So where do you, do you see, you say underrated because just not enough people use them? I just don't think that, like I'll be talking to someone and I'll be like, hey, I, I use kettlebells and they're just like, what? Uh, kettlebells? Yeah, Did like what? Kettlebells? what? <laughs> so it's just like, they're literally like the same thing as a dumbbell. It's just, I think it's more, I think it helps you in better ways than a dumbbell. Yeah, well, because the load, the, mm-hmm. the, the load changes positions. Yeah. Rather than with a dumbbell, it's centered around your hand. Mm-hmm. You have the, the center of mass changing yep. when it comes to kettlebell. Personal training prices. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're overrated, underrated, or overpriced, underpriced, understood, mm-hmm. misunderstood? I think... I think they're one misunderstood. Yes. Because I think if you give a client like all I wouldn't say all of your knowledge, yeah. but if they if they come to you and that hour, half hour is like worthy enough to them, I don't think they're going to question those prices. Yes. But if you give them like a crap session, yeah. they are gonna question, well, why are you paying oh, man, why are yeah. you giving me forty dollars um for this knowledge you gave me, yeah, I mean, I'm not no, coming that's a, back. That's a really good answer. Yeah, so so, so it's kind of like the uh, the Gary V yes. thing of, of the, <laughs> yes. it's fifty one forty nine. So yes. you always want to give someone more value mm-hmm. than value, you're, that's than, what it is. Yes, yeah. so you're providing more value than the price that you're asking for. Yep. But I think that personal training prices, when people see like, wow, it, you know, it costs you, you know, I'm paying forty dollars for you to train me for an hour. Well, yeah. they also need to understand that personal trainers have to pay for their certifications pay to uphold their certifications. You have that time, that hour with your client, but that's not counting the time that we prepped for your session. Or maybe think about all that. Yeah, either. or maybe like how many times have we done a workout that we tested that we later gave to our clients or our yeah. class? It's like we're testing things, we're reading things, we, there's so much development that it's really not about the hour. Yeah. It's about everything leading up to the hour. And then when you're in the session, yeah, providing like I want to provide somebody with eighty dollars of knowledge yeah. in Forty dollars of what they're what I'm asking yep. them for. So, yeah, I didn't think about that from that side. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah and actually, yeah. like, starts makes you now think you're kind like, of depressed because you realize you <laughs> yeah. work way more than you actually wow. do. <laughs> All right, donuts. Completely underrated. You completely under. I almost think they're virtual <laughs> and overrated because everyone loves donuts now. But I think the misunderstood part about them is that they can be part of a healthy diet. What? Well, this is what we were talking about earlier. So they can be part of a healthy diet if they fit moderate. in with if in moderation. Right. Exactly, right? right? Yeah. So, I mean, you and I sit here. We have the occasional donut, and we're not morbidly obese. So <laughs> it's, obvious, it's obvious that it's not. And this is something where, you know, I, somebody saw me eating um, uh, cereal the other day. It was, yeah. It's honestly the best cereal I've ever eaten. It's <laughs> chocolate frosted flakes <clears throat> oh with marshmallows. And it's awesome. It's so good. But I measure it out. Yeah. I have a cup of it. Mm-hmm. And it's delicious. Mm-hmm. And it, somebody said that's gonna kill you. I said, no, no. This, you know, what's gonna kill you is the stress of you trying to eat your paleo diet <laughs> so much that you can't, you know, even indulge in a small <laughs> treat here and there. Stress that's will kill you. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think the misunderstood, misunderstood thing is that just because we have these donuts here doesn't mean that we're pounding them. Yeah. It's just we'll have one. Mm-hmm. And call it a day. We'll call it a day. It'll fit in with the rest of our calories. Mm-hmm. Last thing: circuits. Overrated. Underrated. Understood. Mm-hmm. Misunderstood. I think misunderstood. Yes. And I think underrated. Okay, so go through why are they misunderstood? Misunderstood because um, I don't know really. I just don't think that everyone uses circuits like in any of their workouts. 
Okay. It's just always like straight sets. Yeah, straight sets yeah. or just like back to back. You can do supersets, and I understand that. Yeah. But then at the same time, you could do five, six, seven um, like rounds in a circuit, and you're yeah. constantly still doing the same thing, but just more reps and all more, of your exercises. Yeah. Then why is it uh, underrated? Um, I think, and when you do circuits, I think that your heart rate is going up and down, fluctuating between yeah. of like the movements that you're yeah. doing. And I could do a 10 minute workout and get my heart rate up to like 170 instead of like going on the treadmill for a half hour. And do the same thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, so I would say they are misunderstood, but overrated. Okay. Okay, so the reason I say this is because with CrossFit now and with like Insanity and all of these like hit classes, mm -hmm. everyone thinks that circuits are the holy grail of fitness because mm -hmm. they leave you so wrecked. But people want to do them every time they come in the gym. Yeah. Whereas like the way I program with straight shot and the way I do it for myself is I do one circuit a week. So I do my, if I have four days of lifting, one of those days will be a circuit. The rest will be a circuit, circuit of weightlifting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Circuit of weights. And then I'll get more cardio from doing sprints outside okay. or doing an active recovery day where I do a longer effort. But what, what I was finding with my own fitness and with other people I was training was that I could get way stronger. So if we're looking at the course of, of a 12 week period. Okay. If I did circuits every day, I would be getting some, a little bit of strength, a little bit of cardio each day, okay. a little bit of endurance, a little bit of everything, because mm -hmm. circuits are a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. But over the 12 weeks, look at where my lifts were. Okay. And that's why I was just looking at where my lifts were, how fast I was, and how cardiovascularly fit I was based on my run times. Okay. Then I compare that to me doing lifting three days a week, one circuit, and one really intense sprint session. Okay. Did that over the same 12, over another 12 week period. I found that my lifts were much higher. My end, my run times were higher. Mm -hmm. I went faster. And if I were to try to do a circuit, I was actually better at the circuits by doing less circuits because I was so much stronger. Because I could, on my strength days, I was devoting mm -hmm. all my strength to the strength. And on my sprint days, I was devoting all of my cardiovascular capacity to yeah. that. I had more recovery time, but I still got to do the circuits, so I still wasn't getting out of practice of being <laughs> uncomfortable. Because I think, like, there is nothing more humbling than trying to get under a bar to squat while you're that out of breath. Mm -hmm. And it teaches you a lot about yourself. <laughs> and <Yep. laughs> it's a spiritual experience. <laughs> but I think that's important. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's good to do those things. Mm -hmm. um, and they definitely do leave you wrecked, and they're great workouts. But... I think there are better ways of getting fit than just mm -hmm. doing circus. I think they're an important part of a program, but I think that they need to be mixed in with other yeah. things. So that's just crazy that you brought it up because I've been thinking about it, and yeah. like I've been every time I used to go, every time I go in the gym, I'll be doing circuits like three or four times a week. Really? Okay. Yeah. Like okay. that's how I would do. Like usually I'd go in and do like one major lift. Yeah. And then my after that I'd still do a strength circuit. So it'd be okay. like um, shoulder press or just simple things like that or um, chin ups. Anything yeah. that I would be focusing on the day. And then after that, I would do a circuit of, like, whatever. Okay. And, like, after you said that, the past, like, month, month yeah. and a half, like, I've just been drained. Yeah, see, it, you, can only, drained. you can only go so hard for so long before you hit that. Yeah. Yeah, so why don't, I think you, I've yeah, hit it. why don't you start doing, like, uh, so how many days a week do you work out right now? At least five. Okay, five so why don't you start doing an upper-lower split? So upper okay. one day, lower another day okay. to give you more recovery time. So it's two upper body workouts a week, two lower body workouts a week. Okay. Every week, pick a different one of those days and just do a circuit on that day. Okay, cool. Just, just start with that. So you want me to go back to doing once one circuit a week? Or two, one or two. One or two. Yeah, if you feel like okay. doing two, do two, but I would say no mm -hmm. more than two. All right, cool. Yeah. Cool, awesome. Right. All right, well, thanks for stopping by. Of course. <laughs>
Those two were just great. They were awesome as interns, and they're even better now as new trainers. I'm so proud of the work that Delaney and Brandon are doing, and getting to watch them train others with such commitment and such passion to their craft is one of the highlights of what I get to do as a boss. If you have a question you would like to have answered on a future show, you can hit me up on social media using the handle at Straight Shot Training. And if you would like to learn more about how we can help you move well and feel great with our workout programming, visit us at www.straightshottraining.com where you can find all the details on everything you get with a subscription to Straight Shot. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week, everybody.